because I think of the whole universe like an ocean and I think that our whole lives are like we're like a tiny bit of spray coming off a wave and then we come back and we join the wave again and that wave joins the ocean again you know I kind of think you know you have your tiny moment in the sun as like, a little drop of spray and then you come back and you rejoin the ocean and I kind of think I think in that moment you know you could be with lots of other bits of spray up in the air it's like the patterns that cover the waves Yo, yo, one, two. This is the work brunch, and we are here with the legend, Nitin Sawney. Hi, how you doing? I'm very well. Yeah. How are you doing? Not as well as I, I'd hope to be, but I'm all right. I just got a little bit of cold, but I'm just getting over it, so it's cool. It's that time as it's well. That time, yeah, it's, yeah totally. It's, 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 the, it's the dark ages in England right now. Yeah, well, around the world right now. And that's another oh, story, it's another story. Then we are, <laughs> we're getting straight in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yo, um, uh, uh, as this is the work brunch and, and we are going to eat, we're going to be fueled uh, with food, being one of the staff. Well, thank lives. you, man. That's really kind of you to invite me for that. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to speak to people that are, I, f I mean, I'm inspired by. Oh, well. Um, and, and, and that, you know, honest and open and... And, and and culturally important. Oh, that's well, that's a very nice thing. But what am I doing here then? <laughs> no, it's really sweet. To inspire the nation. <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna eat. Uh, I asked you, you know, uh, what dishes you're into and early food memories. I probably gave you some crap. crap. <laughs> I feel like it was you. It, it was it was. It, I mean, you said straight away uh, uh, did, uh, pancakes. Um, yeah, duck and pancakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. It's it's a strange thing because, like, for me, like, it, it, it sounds like an odd dish, right? And I'm from an Indian background. My heritage is Indian, and I grew up in Rochester, Kent. But the thing is that I suppose that whole thing of getting uh, Chinese food was a little family thing, mm -hmm. where where we just sit around and, and we'd. Like, my mum and dad both worked, so they'd come back and they'd be quite tired sometimes. So, you know, my mum was a great cook, but when she came back on, on weekdays, she'd, uh, she'd want to do something, you know, just grab a takeaway or whatever. And for me, I was kind of, I think because I'd never had Chinese food, I remember I was about 11 or 12. I mean, it's, it's terrible because, I, like, if you're a chef, I mean, like, you know, some of the things that I liked were definitely not chef material because it's like, you know, I remember... Um, Having having kind of sweet and sour pork, or having a, yeah. or having kind of. I, I think I was know, kind of raised on, on on sweet and sour. Yeah. Sweet and sour chicken or pork, Hong Kong style. And like now, you kind of think, oh, I don't know, it's quite unhealthy. It's all the MSG and stuff. But then, at the same time, I suppose you know. It, it, Syrup like, flavored chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite. Yeah. Nostalgia is a strange thing. I mean, you you kind of have an affection for foods that you wouldn't necessarily even look at now you know it's kind of it's it's an odd odd experience so yeah definitely crispy pancakes with or crispy aromatic duck and pancakes all that kind of stuff i loved it i know exactly i i I've, it was for me growing up it was like usually on a friday yeah it would be like either like fish and chips day or Chinese takeaway day. Yeah, yeah, there you um, go. You know, she would get to the end of the week and be like, I'm definitely yeah. not cooking. <laughs> I, think it was, I think you're right. I think it was Friday for us too. Yeah. So, yeah, you get it totally. Yeah, that's what it was. So, yeah, I thought, why not? Let's go back in memory lane. <laughs> so you are from India. Which part of India? Well, my my mum and dad are from India. I grew up, I, I was born in Dalit, actually. But, south. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and I've kind of stayed around south, even though I, I grew up, Childhood was born in Rochester, but I came back to around Tooting and Wandsworth. I've lived there since well, I mean, about 30 odd years now. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a, a large Indian population. Um, yeah, around Tooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I mean, it's quite nice because it gives me options. Like I'm, I'm around Wandsworth, and sometimes I'll go into Tooting, get some really nice kind of street Indian food, which is mm. brilliant. Um, and then I could go into some, you know, some great restaurants down Bellevue Road near Wandsworth mm. Common, and you know, so it's quite nice having that kind of that diversity you know of being able to go for uh, for certain types of meals yeah different types of meals all over the place and also um, my studio is based in Brixton so I'm going over to Pop Brixton to the market and yeah. check it which has got some great food in there as well it's so very it's very decent I think it was the first Frank and Manco in the, in the whole of England you know it was, yeah the one in Brixton yeah, yeah. yeah the one in Brixton as, yeah. Um, it's been there for so long like I remember as a child my gran who's a fashion designer Madame de Bell which oh, is right. where I got to the Belfort, ah. 
Um, she had a shop opposite Franco Manco. Yeah. With a clothes shop. Oh, wow. That was when I was like 10. So is that before so, well, it became... That's like 20 years ago. So before it was a market? Then? That's like 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And Franco Manco was there. Oh, right. So cool. it was there, it's been over 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, it, it was kind of... It was the first place you can get like real pizza in a place like Brixton, like from yeah, real pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like, that's what pizza. I still think it is. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I agree. It's I great. agree. Thank you. Um, so basically, uh, you were so clear on right. on the dish. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm going to give you as close as possible. So cool. um, we are having aromatic duck Amazing. with pancakes. Cool. Um, the difference is though, I. Hoisin sauce is one of the few things I have a bit of an issue with. Sure. I don't know what it is. No it's problem just, at all. Yeah. I'm not, I, it, it, so I, I did a uh, date and tamarind sauce. Wow, that sounds incredible. <laughs> right, okay. I'm, a lot I'm, more exciting. It's, and it's, it's actually tastes quite similar. It's the same kind of, it's, just, it's very similar to the, um, the kind of sweet sauce. So Amazing. We're going to get into that. Um, are you hungry? Whenever you are. Yeah, I'm all good. Let us eat. Cool. Let's do it. Do you want to help out? Or do yeah, you yeah. yeah, definitely. Sweet. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, my, my thing is, it's interesting what you were talking about just a short while ago with your story you know, in, in terms of spirituality and in terms of coincidence, mm. the fact that you actually visualised getting the, you know, the Mercury uh, Prize itself. That's incredible because I do believe that you could attract good energy. Yeah. And I don't think... That's science. Even science says that. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot in that. But I kind of think, you know, my thinking is like um, if you put out good energy and if you have the right attitude towards it and you approach life with humility and openness mm. and everything does tend to work your way mm. and I've, I've I've found that a lot I have incredible coincidences yeah. I actually recently I put out a tweet where I said does anyone else get all these coincidences through music and no one came up with the coincidences that I've had I've had crazy you, ones an example. well one for example was years ago I saw a theatre company um, and they were an Indian theatre company and they were at the Tricycle Theatre. I love Tricycle Theatre, it's great. Mm. It's a really good uh, theatre. And um, and it was a, they were putting on a productive yerba, uh, but it was in Punjabi. And I loved it. I thought this is amazing. Mm. So um, the woman who was the director was a woman called Neela Mansingh Chowdhury, mm. brilliant director. Mm. And I went up to her afterwards. I said, anything you ever want me to do for you, like sweep floors or just anything, I'm happy to do it. But it, was, it was back in the early 90s and I was just so impressed by what they'd done. I was just wanted to be around that creativity. And then a few months later, I found out that they were based in India. And I decided, I thought, right, I'm going to go to India and try and find them because... No one knew where they were. I couldn't find anyone because they'd gone the next day. And, um, and so I went there and literally I'd gone to find them, right, to find her. 
and to see if I could do any work with her. I had no, this is before the internet and everything was out. Mm. So I was with my uncle in Delhi and I turned around to him and said, do you know how I could find this woman, Neelan Mansi Chowdhury? He said, I, I don't know. I mean, she could be anywhere. What's the name of her, yeah. her company? I said, it's called The Company. And he goes, yeah, you're not going to find her, right? So like I said, okay. He said, well, I said, do you know anyone else? populated. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so like I said, to, I said to him, do you know any ideas about how I might track her down? And he said, well, there's your other uncle in uh, Chandigarh which is also in the Punjab, and he said maybe he might know because he kind of knows lots of things like that. And I said, okay, yeah. Said, okay. I get the feeling you knew you were going to find him. Yeah. Mm. And so, so then he, he said to me, I'm going to Chandigarh tomorrow um, at, at six o'clock in the morning, mm. right? And, uh, but if you don't mind getting up that early, I said, yeah, it's fine. So I'm with him at six o'clock in the morning at Delhi airport, uh, Delhi uh, train station, and I look around and I see this, um, this baboon walk across the roof of this building and I thought that's really beautiful and it was like the sun was coming up and it was silhouetted it was really gorgeous and right next to me I just hear this little voice that says knitting I turn around and Neil Manson Chowdhury's standing there and I said um, Neil and he, she goes how are you doing I said I, I've come here to find you yeah. and she said well, well here I am and she goes so, she goes. this sounds like the scene out of an al- the alchemist or something billion billion people right <laughs> so she goes to me oh we're, we're on our way to Chandigarh and I said well that's where I was coming to mm. she said you're based there I had no idea in the whole of India where she was based by the way mm. a whole of India mm. right so then I said to her I said, um, yeah, that'd be amazing. I said, but my uncle's with me, he's just got to get a coffee. And she said, yeah, but why don't you both come join us? Next two weeks, I hung out with her, but it gets, it gets more crazy, right? So I hung out with her and I saw she had an amphitheater in her back garden. I went and I helped out. I played a bit of music with them, hung out with them. It was amazing, great experience, right? So I lost touch with them. Now, about 15 years later or something, um, Deepa Mehta, who, who did, uh, who's the director, brilliant director, lovely woman um, who did um, Midnight's Children, Summer Rushy book. She did that and she, she kind of dramatised it into this great film. And um, and I was talking to her. She called me up. She said, I'd really like you to score my film. I said, cool, yeah, I'd love to do it. We're chatting for about an hour. At the end, just before she goes, she said, there's someone I'd really like you to meet, by the way. And I cannot to this day begin to say, I've no idea why I said it. I said, is it Neil Manson Chowdhury? <laughs> No reason. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, she's my best friend. <laughs> I went, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The universe has come, has come to make it happen. It, like, it, and that's all real. it was it's happening. Real. It's crazy, isn't it? But, but I'll, I'll give you one other example. Uh, or, or do you want another one? Yeah, absolutely. Or you carry on talking. But I, I, I understand what I appreciate so much is that you appreciate that that is happening. It's beautiful. You understand. Yeah, it's such a, it's such you a powerful thing. You see the magic. Thing. It is magic. It's magic. And it's, like, and it's something that makes you really, I don't know. What do you think that is? What do you think is happening? I think, it's, I think it's energy that you put out. And I think music is a, is a big part of that. Music is... The language of the universe. Yeah. You know. Oh, I thought mathematics was a language of the universe. Both. Okay. I see both as the same okay. thing. I love maths. Maths is a music couldn't yeah. happen without maths. Yeah, I love yeah. maths. I've got big connect in fact I talk about music and mathematics. I've done mm. TED talks about music and mathematics. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, yeah. There's what there's one I did at the Gateway of India talking mm. specifically about that, so it's very interesting you said that. Mm. And I did a I did the music for a play about Ramanujan, the Indian mathematician, okay. um, who was who developed string theory, and uh, so I'm always interested in those connections. So it's funny you should say that. But but like, um, yeah, I mean, like, I guess, I guess it's kind of um, you know that that idea. I mean, for example, m- mathematics is is a language that G. Hardy, who was a famous mathematician, he said. Mathematics is the only reality you can rely on mm. because two and two is always going to equal four. Mm. Even like with a table, it may feel solid, but actually one hundred thousandth of the diameter of each atom is the nucleus, which is where most of the mass is contained. So most of what you're dealing with is an illusion. <laughs> most of what you're looking at is illusion. You know what's interesting? I went for a lecture upstairs at Ritzy Cinema. Oh, yeah. And it was an elder from the Dogon tribe. Oh, right. Wow. Uh, Where's the Dogon tribe from? So that's like... They travelled up from Mali, up the Nile Valley. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, a very ancient sort of, it's a very ancient uh, tribe of people. Mm. Um, there's the Dogons and the Garas. Dogons were like, I think it was like three thousand years earlier. They were able to map out the uh, how blood travels around your body wow. before any 
other human did. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. Um, and also, oh yeah, they're they're they're, they're most known for. Uh, people say they were contacted by aliens because they were able to map out the uh, Sirius B star constellation, Sirius B constellation, mm. um, which they shouldn't have been able to obviously mm. do. Blah 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 blah, blah. Um, and which he did mention, um, and he was like, "No, we've it's not in our history mm. to be uh, to be visited by aliens. It wasn't that. We just um, we used science and maths and watched." Mm. Um, and one of the things he, you know, he did this thing where he was like, okay, he, it was supposed to be about African astronomy. Mm. And he opened it by saying, I can't teach you about what's outside of this world because that takes science and maths and your understanding of science and, and mathematics is incorrect the way you're taught. So there's no way you can, you can't calculate how far the moon is. Mm. If you, you know what I'm saying. And he was yeah. like... For example, what's one plus? And it's so crazy. You get you like this actually. Mm. I press record on my phone, mm. right? All the, all of this, uh, 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 you know, on the thingy, the um, on an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. The recording came out completely just a line. Never happened before. It wouldn't let me record this 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 what? lecture, right? What? And he's like, one plus what's, what's one one plus one. So he was like two. He's like, nah. I think he said three. Right. I think he said three because he's saying that. You have to calculate, like, literally what you just said. You have to calculate the space in between. If You you have to consider the space in between. Like, if you emptied... Ah, oh, what an example we gave. Um, if you took everything out of the room, mm. the room still wouldn't be empty. Right. Right. It's only going to be empty as much as you're able to consider... It's your perception. Your perception, which right. is, sounds like what you just said. This yeah, is, this, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um... Such a good lecture, but it it just came out completely blank. I wasn't mm. able to. It was like no, you're, right. you're supposed to feel this, not yeah, yeah, yeah. cause this. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's interesting all of that. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, like it, it's weird. I mean, I did I did one thing about um, about how in in physics and in maths and music. I mean, there's a lot of weirdness that happens, um, and like I talked about quantum weirdness as well. Like. Um, Okay, all right, let's 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 take another example of something strange. Okay, um, a guy I played with when I was about 11. Uh, no, I was, he was about 11. I was about 14, 15. Mm. And years ago, we had a jam in Longfield at my uncle's, kind of uncle's house. He's not a real uncle, but... Yeah, yeah we have so, that too. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we, I kind of was jamming with him. I was playing some flamenco guitar. He was playing tabla. Right. And he was kind of, he was brilliant, really, He's really. What, tabla, which is like an Indian classical percussion instrument. Dome. Yeah, yeah. You got these two. You got these two drums, mm. and like one of them is called the bial, which is like the mm. bass drum, mm. and then you've got the dial, which is which is the other drum, which is more kind of. I mean, they work together, and they like create these. Lines. Yeah. You, well, you, you if you heard them, they're very complicated rhythmically, mm. and it's very mathematical as well. Mm. So anyway, so he, I played with this kid. But I didn't know his name. So years later, we talk about you know I was fourteen then. Like years later. Maybe I'm about 30 years old or something. And I'm looking for a tablet there. And I, I, I haven't got one. The guy who was supposed to play a gig with me next week, he'd gone. I didn't know where he was. So, like, um, I thought, shit, I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble. So um, I called up my mum and I said, look, and I'd just moved to my flat a couple of weeks before, right? So, and she didn't know the address. Right? I hadn't even told her yet. I just got in there. And um, I said to her, yeah, I'm looking for this guy. Um, who used to play, who, who played tabla with me. Do you remember that time he jammed with me? And she said, yeah, I do remember that. That was really good. He was great. And I said, could you get a hold of him from my uncle or something? So she said, yeah, I'll look into it. So she looks into it and she comes back to me a couple of days later and she goes, yeah, I've got all these details. I said, great. She goes, his name is, um, no, she didn't tell me his name. She just goes, uh, he's tabla player. He lives at, um, he lives at Seven Stella Road. And, um, and I said, mum, what are you talk about? She goes, it's a tutu. I said, no, no, that's where I live. <laughs> and she goes, no, what? And I said, that's where I live. I, you've got the wrong address. She goes, let me check. And she goes, no, no, this is what it says. His name's Iqbal. And I went, Iqbal, who's my flatmate, I said to him, Iqbal, did you play tuple oh with this God. with this kid when you were like 11 years old? And he goes, that was you? That's so deep. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, I love that. And he, he ended up playing tabla with me next week. 
And that's for real. And like you could, you know, I've got, got the guy's two souls. And oh, so that's such I've a had a lot story. of crazy things like that's that. That's such know? a beautiful story. Crazy things. And they're real, you know. They're, and that's what I mean. I keep thinking, the, the stuff that happens to me, to me through music is weird. I, I, know exactly, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, when, when I signed my deal, uh, I was in the studio at my mate's house, Sam, we were making tunes. Mm. And it was like, yeah, yeah I want a deal. Sometimes it was Yellow Pages. Yeah. People still use Yellow Pages, and I'm looking for Yellow Pages. And it had record labels at the back of the Yellow Pages. Right. Um, and I'm looking for it, looking for it, looking for it. And I see Big Dada, Ninja Tune. I think it was Ninja. I don't think it said Big Dada actually, but I saw, I saw it. Called him up. Hi, boom, boom, boom. I don't know what I said. Some very naive. I'm just calling, and yeah. as well, I had been working in telly cells, um, and so I was very used to being able to just get through the reception barrier, get through the the PA barrier. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, um, so uh, you know, I called, and this this guy answered, and he was like, "Hi," and I was like, yeah, "You know, I'm a rapper." Looking for a deal, bloody blah, blah. Yeah. And he said, I really like the tone of your voice. Like, okay. He said, Can you come and see me? I can come and see you right great, now. Great. You know, mate, yeah, that was yeah. that was I was ready for this. I was yeah. like, Yeah, where you at? He was like, 90 Kennington Lane. Right. Sam Studios on the same road. Brilliant. So how Jeez. far was it? Just drive the We just walked down. Brilliant. That's very cool. Walking distance. Yeah, yeah. Burn a CD. One of the tracks, he so looks like he's from a movie right now. Um, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> uh, a CD, one of the finishes album was on that CD, and I'm pretty sure Searching was on that CD. And that was there was like three tracks that I played to him, well, and he on like a, on like a Friday, and he ummed and hard, and he didn't, and then he, and then he called me on a Monday. Right, right. But we were, it's the same road. Yeah, 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 Do you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. was just looking. They weren't the only label I called. Yeah, I was just yeah. looking. I'm, I just, I had decided. You know, you like how do you explain that? You know, when the when you get that spiritual spark and you yeah. know that now is the time to move. I think the way I look at it, okay, is like it's like patterns of flow. Ooh. Like you know, like. Uh, I mean, like when you see people yawn and they're not even looking at each other. Yeah. They yawn. I mean, it's like um, they call. There's a name for it in physics. Quantum. Well, there's quantum entanglement, which is why it's that. Because I just learned the other day. Big, yeah, it's a big thing. <laughs> but but I think this is called. There's another thing. There's two things. One is called anti chaos theory, mm. which is like, for example, with flocks of birds. When they when they take off together, yeah. their hundred their their reaction time is one hundred thousandth of a second, yeah, yeah, right? They, but they, they use, take they flop faster than that, so they'll they'll they're literally using six cents. They're using something outside yeah, of them. Yeah. Their, but it's actually not even that they're reacting to each other. It's actually that they work one. together as yeah. one. Yeah. Like and I kind of think that's the way a lot of things happen. Things happen. It's like there's a flow. Mm. Like sometimes they'll be just like. Because I think of the whole universe like an ocean, and mm. I think that our whole lives are like we're like a tiny bit of spray coming off a wave, mm. and then we come back and we join the wave again, and that wave joins the ocean again. You know, I kind of think you have your moment in the sun. Yeah. You know, you have your tiny moment in the sun as yeah. like as a little drop of spray. As in life itself, that yeah. you experience. Yeah. Okay. And then you come back and you rejoin the ocean, mm. and I kind of think. I think in that moment, you know, you could be with lots of other bits of spray up in the end. It's like the patterns that come from the waves, you know, and we, we can't know those patterns. They just form. So I think sometimes we tap into that. So are they for, is it kind of the, 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 the wave is falling where it will? Or is, do you feel believe in some kind of divine? I, I don't believe in the idea that there is, uh, that we aren't participating in our own destiny. Right. I think it is that we're part of our destiny, right. but the destiny... It's bigger than just us. Mm. So, like, like for example, where if you imagine one way I could put it as an analogy is like if you imagine one atom in your hand, mm -hmm. and maybe it's swimming against all the other atoms, and then all the other atoms are going one way, but this one atom can't know that the that the will that is forcing all those other atoms to play the piano in the Royal Albert Hall, wherever, mm. is coming from the brain of a person that's being inspired by the audience who are applauding yes. or shouting. So that atom doesn't know any of that. Mm. We're like that atom. Mm. We can't know that. Mm. So it's like, so where that will comes from, where that force comes from, how would we know? Mm. Where, where, where are we supposed to know? I don't even think we are. Mm. And I think it's, 
I mean, Einstein said he wanted to know the mind of my throat's getting worse, uh, to know the mind of God. Yeah, he, he wanted to know the mind of God. But actually, I don't think you really can ever do that. You can't know... I mean, I don't know what God is. I have no idea what God is. But my point is um, that the will or that that flow of power that is in the universe, that force, is not something that we are, in our tiny little worlds, able to comprehend. And it's arrogant for us to assume that we could, in some ways, I think. You know, so when I see these amazing things happen, I accept it, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I feel empowered by it and it inspires me yeah and and you know but i don't try too hard to understand it yeah or or, or, or even just end up getting in the way of it i find mm. if mm. i give it to you know I you think stick it in your head too much know. and it should fuck up with your feeling you know Do you, you, you haven't had much i've had like three have you yeah oh, i think i've had three too so you have you have, you have another one i'll have another um i'm f- i'm actually full if i'm honest because i was like okay. um, i'll keep going then. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have to say that to But I am going to get some more protecco. <laughs> I'm going to cool. get the bottle. Yeah, great. I think music, music's like that, though, isn't it? I was just about to say, I was, I was literally just about to say, there is... There is a link. I know we're all artists hmm. in some way, but the people that are able to tap into that more so than others and I know that's kind of like how long is a piece of string like how was the measurement for that other than the, what were you using success or what you know what I mean mm. Um, mm. so I know that's hard to measure but mm. uh, you know it's there is definitely I feel a connection between the more you're able to tap into the artist and what I call the god mm. in us is the, the, the literally the, the, the you can't not be spiritual yeah, I totally because agree. It's with. like you're literally opening yourself up yeah. to channels. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You know, Ravi Shankar, Pandaji Ravi Shankar, he said that like the Indian classical technique is the rag. So it's like um, it's like a scale, or it's like a mode, or it's like a way of playing. Mm. It's like a mood. And he he always said the rag is is like in the air around you, and you're like a medium for the rag to manifest itself. Mm. So it's like in the same way Michelangelo said that that this statue was hidden in the stone. Mm. It was already there. Or John Coltrane said that, you know, improvisation was like a bird you catch in the air. Yeah. And it's kind of that whole idea that, you know, that it's around you all the time yeah. and that you're tapping into it. I really like that. It makes a lot more sense for me. Yeah. And that's way... I, I mean, I definitely believe that I'm, I'm a vehicle. I, mm. and, and, and the reason I believe that so much is because I've experienced it in that way of it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it, it's, and it's entered, it's moved through, it's out. Mm. Mm. Yeah, great. All, all of those stages I've experienced, mm. Mm. especially it's out. And that's usually because I might be writing something or freestyling or something and then I, it's, I blink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm back. Yeah, yeah. Or I have a thought, and usually the thought is how, that what I just said, how people would react to it. Mm. I notice perhaps if my ego gets involved, gets in the way. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. You're I'm absolutely right. You're absolutely right. When you're flowing with something, it's beyond your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something far more. Yeah. Don't mess it up being human. Mm. <laughs> 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 but I mean, yeah, but I, I think. All of that. I mean, it's like I, I kind of feel it's interesting because like people say, like I like I like doing lots of different things with music. I'll, and I'm not afraid of stuff, you know. Like mm. I've I've done comedy acting. I've done, you know, I've done acting. I've done writing. I've written plays. I've I, I conducted a London Symphony Orchestra. I've kind of, you know, I've done things that when I was young I would have thought it was weird. I mean, I've, I was a DJ at Fabric for quite a while. I, mm. You know, people's um, got their license back. Bang bang. Which is very cool. That's very cool. Um, and um, it's good that we've got a mayor who actually cares about shit like that as well. Um, but I mean, like, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting times because people are moving away from that and not realising how powerful that is. Mm-hmm. You know, that if you're, if you, if you channel your inner self, you always find up, you'll always end up in a place that is right for you. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's about tuning yourself. Yeah. Like people talk about right and wrong or morality. Yeah. I've never been a believer in that. Mm. I think, like a musician, I think you tune yourself to yourself, and then you tune to other people. Yeah. And it's like you know, 
then you're not going to want to harm anyone. You're not going to want to do anything that is out of tune with other people. It's discordant. You know, for me, that makes a lot more sense. So I tune myself first. And like things like yoga, meditation do that. You're an instrument. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the way it should be. I think, you know, like, I mean, maybe not everyone would agree, but I mean, that's just what I feel. I agree. Totally. Have you heard of ayahuasca? Mm, I've heard it. Me too. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) I don't know if I talked about too much. Uh Um, Well, actually... I can't mention the name of the guy. Okay. He's very famous. Okay. Who introduced it to me. Right. But I'll say, very, very famous um, pop artist. Mm-hmm. And very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, once took me, I was in Brazil. Mm-hmm. He said, and I don't know if it was actually ayahuasca, it might have been a variation of it. Mm-hmm. So what he did was he said to me, um, do you want to... Um, because it was in 2001. This is the same time I met Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. I did this thing where I met Aboriginal Australians, Native Americans. Mm-hmm. I kind of... Was this for the, uh, the same project or just... Yeah, Prophecy. Um, mm-hmm. And I was kind of like on this trip where I was just experiencing different things. And um, and he just said, uh, do you want to come with me um, this evening to to the rainforest and, and do something different? I said, yeah, cool. Yes. Sounds great, you know, because that's what I was there for, open experiences. So he took me there and he just said, okay, um, you're going to have this thing, they called it Vegetal, mm. right? He said, so I get to this clearing in the rainforest and this, this place, he goes, these people are like, you've got people who come from all over the world, you've got doctors here, you've got architects, you've got people from all walks of life who come here. And he said, you'll see what happens. So we go in, I see this trench outside and there's people throwing up. Right. <laughs> so I kind of walk in. The purge. Yeah. And I walk in and I see there's a guy at the front. He's like the shaman. And um, and the thing is that um, he goes, okay, so prepare yourself for this because it's kind of a bit of a near-death experience you're going to have. And I went, whoa, okay. He's, and it, I said, okay, let's see what happens. So he, he goes, right, the guy's going to look at you because you've got a queue up for it. Yeah. And he's going to take one, one look at you and he's going to decide how much you should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took it. I, I brought it back, took it, and um, he goes, okay. And it didn't taste as bad as I'd keep hearing. It's fine. Yeah. I just knocked it back. Yeah. So then I kind of sit down and I'm thinking, okay, what's going to happen? Next thing I know, it's like the whole world fades to a tiny pinprick. I could only see like everything like through mm-hmm. this, and I could only hear. I couldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking at. Now he said, "Don't get t- too terrified." He said because it's it's going to be a it's going to be a weird one, you know. And um, and he said you mustn't panic. Right, panic is the worst thing. So I went with the flow of what happened. And what happened was that I had this could blow your mind. What happens with all of this? Um, so I had an experience where I ended up suddenly in a clearing in my head. This was a hallucination that I was having where, although I didn't know it at the time, it felt totally real. I'm surrounded by these faces looking at me, very weird kind of gargles. I can still see them really like it was yesterday. They're all looking at me in this kind of semicircle. And uh, and in the middle is this kind of Buddha-like figure. And I was, I was kind of like slightly scared by the figures around me. And um, and and then, but there was this really powerful, beautiful, warm glow from the Buddha-like figure. So the Buddha-type figure kind of reaches out to me and takes my hand, and I I, I go I'm touching his hand, and he goes, "You're home." Right? Now I I wake up at this time to find uh, to find the person who who the pop guy is picking me up off the floor because I'm on the floor, right? and he's going, "You're right." I said. Whoa, what the hell was that? So, like, I talked to him for a bit, and I said, Oh, just one minute, throw up in the trench, go run out, throw up in the trench, come back, talk to him about everything. He said, That's really interesting. He said, Now, the 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 actual consequences of that are going to reveal themselves to you in a couple of weeks. I said, What? He goes, It kind of works in a weird way. Mm. Two weeks later, mm. right? I'm uh, I'm flying in a plane over Arnhem Land because I'm due to meet this Aboriginal elder who's just invited me to mm-hmm. go and spend time with him, a guy called Mandawayin Pingu, who was the lead singer of the band Yotha Yindi, but a, a major tribal figure in, in Australia. So he sees me, so I come off the plane, 
uh, Mandawai sees me and he turns around to the to the guy who's with with us, to the to the guide, and he goes, um, I want to take him to Kulkuru, the sacred land. And um and and this guy says to me, he wants to take you there. And I said, Cool. He said, No, no, no. He hasn't taken anyone there for 30 years. This is huge. He's just looked at you and decided to take you to this place. I said, okay. He said, this is huge. Do you know? I said, okay, cool. So, so he said, he, he wants you to bring your guitar as well. So I bring my guitar. He's got his guitar, right? Mind away. We go to this place. We're sitting in the clearing. I sit down. We start playing together, right? We're, we're playing some songs. We stop at the same time. We laugh. We slap each other's hands. We haven't ever spoken. We have barely spoken a word. And he stops and he goes, um, this is the place where where we all used to, um, where the Aboriginal people used to come to die. You know, it's been our land for 80,000 years. It's a sacred land. It's the land where the Yidaki was first made, which is, people know, it's a didgeridoo. Mm. So he said, this is where it first started. So I'm listening to all this stuff and he's telling me. And then I kind of, yeah, this is the crazy thing. So, so he's telling me all this stuff and I'm chatting to him. And um, that morning I'd read this article which said, that there was there was a theory that a lot of people had come from Australia through their DNA. It was also mm-hmm. like from Aboriginals, mm-hmm. uh, from Aboriginal people. So I was thinking, wow, that's interesting. And I remember reading it that morning. Anyway, so he turns around to me and he goes, um, and like he said, and you, you're from here, right? He said, you were, you were one of our people, right? So now he says this to me. Now, as he's saying it to me, he's, he's doing that, holding out his hand to this place. Around me, I suddenly realised that all the stones in the semicircle were the same as those faces I'd seen in that semicircle. Ah. And he's standing where the Buddha was. And he holds out his hand and I almost kind of went black, uh, had a blackout because he's holding his hand out to me. And I hold out my hand to him automatically and he goes, you're home, mate. Right? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so were you having a premonition? I guess whatever happened in that uh, in that situation in it, Brazil, yeah, gave me a premonition of what was going to happen then, or or it allowed oh, me a glimpse, some sort of parallel universe to the thing. other side. I was going to yeah. say, it gave me a little glimpse into the other side. Now, Ooh. look, I'm not like I'm not superstitious. I really am not. I kind of I love science. I'm like into, and I kind of find it difficult when I hear. I mean, I know Brian Cox. He's he's a, a you know. And he he says rightly he says oh it's all woo woo science and he he talks about certain science as being a bit of a lot of bullshit and I agree when people kind of see kind of like supernatural things and everything I just find yeah. that a bit stupid and I I believe in I believe in you know real science and understanding I think that you know you should try to understand certain things about science and if you're going to do, be scientific then be scientific but. At the same time, you can't ignore something that happens to you like that. Yeah. So I kind of think, okay, what do I make of that? You know? Yeah. And I kind of think, well, it did change me. Mm. I mean, from that day on, first of all, I hung out a lot with Mandawai after that day and he saw us as brothers. Mm. And like, um, and it just gave me a really, a real sense of comfort mm. in the idea that that this was... Like, you know, I talked to you about that idea of the ocean, mm. that we weren't just the spray up and the light, we were also the wave and we were the ocean as well. Mm. And that actually, you know, it's a continuous thing and there'll be another wave and there'll be no- more yeah. spray and that will continue on. Yeah. You know, and I kind of felt like, and it might be in a different place, in a different yeah. part of the ocean, yeah. but it will happen again. Yeah. And we'll have another moment in the light. Or maybe... Maybe we'll have a great moment underwater. Who knows? But it's kind oh, of... Oh, I know, didn't even think of underwater. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Yeah. So, like, so, like, all of those things are very powerful. Yeah, but but I think... I mean, I don't know if that was ayahuasca. I never even asked. I just... They called it vegetal. Yeah. Since then, I've heard people talk about ayahuasca. It sounds very similar. Yeah. Sounds like pretty much the same thing. But yeah. but whatever that stuff was, it, it changed a lot here on that day. You know what really triggered me when you were talking about um, being ushered in in your ayahuasca experience yeah. in this, you know, this handout. Come, you know, come. Yeah. I experienced exactly the same thing, oh. which is why I was like, "Yo, oh, that's crazy!" Right, right, right. And mine were African women. Right. There were two, perhaps three of them. One more in the forefront in the way that kind of maybe she's older and you know what I mean in that kind of way and um, 
this was very this was you know the first stages of of the ayahuasca kind of kicking in yeah and um after my i felt my left and right brain separate <laughs> oh, wow. um and it was it was the same thing i was being i was being ushered in like okay you're about you you want to go to this part of the journey yeah, yeah. and um i was aware of her doing this on the top of my head in like fanning and it, it was in a way of i don't know if she was sometimes i thought she was calming me down yeah um was this whole idea of kundalini the kundalini oh, energy bang, bang. comes up rises through Ah, yeah, yeah. So, so it could be related to, to a bit of that. Yo, hmm. that makes so much sense. Yeah, because she was literally she was going like that, and that was she was very supposed focused. to rise up through. You. Yes, yeah, yeah. she was very. That's what called, they talk about Kundalini rising. Yeah, because yeah. I wasn't sure what that was, but I was aware of how focused she was on that task. Mm. You know what I mean? And she's that this, and then the, the two others as well. And and in in I felt very safe and very comforted, and then. I would start, I, I kind of wanted to lift my hands up because one would like put their hand out to say, come. Right. And I was very, I was like, I'm I'm ready to take this journey. But yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point it hadn't take, taken a hold physically as much yet. I hadn't mm. purged or anything like that. Yeah. So I hadn't, I, I was aware that, no, you don't really need to lift your hand up. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. actually yeah. happening. I was yeah. still at that stage. Um, but that's so interesting. It was the same, literally the same thing, the hand out. Mm. Well, I think that's the way of the universe inviting you to, to kind of like, to open up. Yeah. And to have a look, you know. Hmm. I mean, that's there's there's that whole concept in Hinduism of the of the uh, Bhagavad Gita, where um, God in the form of Vishnu, I mean, is Krishna, um, takes on takes on his his kind of godly form of, of Vishnu and actually reveals the universe to this guy who's questioning whether he should go into battle or not. Mm-hmm. He's, it's a guy called Arjun. And the idea is that he says, you aren't going to know or understand your direction, right? Because you are you are part of that. You have, you have a, a destiny or you have this concept of dharma, which is like your duty mm-hmm. to, to fulfil a certain destiny. But he said, but you don't even know what that is. So I'm going to, this time, because you're questioning it, I'm going to show you. And he, he, he takes on his multi-armed form and he gives him a glimpse into, into the secrets of the universe. And he's so shocked by this. And, and that's what allows him to continue to battle. Mm-hmm. Because, because he said, these people are already dead. Mm-hmm. I'm outside of time and space. Mm-hmm. You're in time and space. I could show you outside of time and space. So it's kind of like, for me, music is something that takes me outside of time and space. Yes, I get that. But please, expl- go deeper into that. Well, it's kind of like, it's in a, in a moment when you're playing, there is no time. There is no, there is no space. Yes. You are in, you're in that moment, but, you're, but it could stretch out to a thousand years in a way. It's like it, it doesn't feel like it's it's uh, it's off, you know. That the the musical openness, I think, is beyond. Um, it takes you. It tra- you transcend the physical. Yeah. I mean, when, when I was in Australia with, with the Aboriginal guys, um, I remember playing on the beach and there were crocodiles nearby, mm-hmm. and it was like, and everyone was getting bitten by mosquitoes, and I was really in what I was doing, mm-hmm. and I noticed I didn't get bit once, bitten once. And it was the same thing when I was in um, um, I was in America and I did the same thing at four thirty in the morning. I'd do this ritual of playing this piece of music, and it was it was minus thirty, mm. and I was still playing, mm. and I had no feeling of cold. Mm. And it's like, it, in terms of the, that's what I mean about space as well as time. You don't have a you you feel invincible if you're playing certain I mean, music. Is that literally mind over matter in in ter- as in literal matter? You know, yeah, the I think so. You, you, are you moving outside of what can be affected in, with the physical body? I think so, because I think in a way music is that. I mean, uh, you know, in some ways it sounds all a bit bullshitty, but it's like, <laughs> it's a bit pretentious. But for me, that is what happens. Yeah. I mean, like if I'm if I'm on stage... I mean, if you ain't trying to get it, I'm sorry for you. What's that? If you're not trying to get there, I'm sorry for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean. It's like, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's the most profound stuff that's ever happened to me. Right. It's like when I've been playing music, 
is like um, I've had my best moments mm. and like and and you can't really explain those moments or put them into words they're just there and you it makes you want to go back to that place and, and do it again mm. and I think that's the draw of music Tell me what else fuels you Well lots of things really I mean like Anything creative always it always makes me feel excited. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like writing. I like. I mean, I've acted before. I like. I like just creating stuff. I used to draw a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was into Leonardo da Vinci's kind of anatomy drawings when I was a kid. Mm. I thought they were beautiful. And you were always into science as well. And mathematics. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mathematics was a big thing. You know what I I did recently was I was I was teaching um, kids how to do up to the thirty times tables in their heads. Wow. Because what, what happens is at school, everything is based on memory. So people go yeah. up to a 12 times table. But I said, that's not maths. That's just you remembering yeah. what 7 times 8 is or what yeah. you know, 10 times yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 is or whatever. Match that yeah. symbol yeah. to that symbol. Yeah, yeah. So that's not, for, that, for me, that's not calculation. It's not maths. So I was teaching kids, um, you know, how to do maths in their head yeah. um, from the, an early age. And I love, I love anything to do with kind of... Um, you know, calculation because it's kind of it interests me because I like you said it's the lang- it's another language of the universe you know it's kind of like um, it's just a different dialect you know from mm. music but it's from the same family you know mm. um, so yeah I love all that but also I mean what else do I get I mean I, I did martial arts for quite a long time I did uh, kickboxing for about 15 years um, which I loved I haven't done it for a while because I've had some issues with my shoulder I did a triathlon and a few things like that. I mean, I like running and swimming and cycling and stuff like that, but I haven't done much recently. But, yeah, just doing stuff that's kind of stimulates you. Mm-hmm. What about you? What what fuels me? Mm. Right. No one's asked me that. No one's asked you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, well, not even, even in these conversations. No. Why not? You're asking me. No one's asked. Okay. Um, man, what fuels me? Uh, uh, man, I think. And uh, I find that I am definitely fueled by. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's creating, but how can I say this? I'm struggling a little bit here, actually. Um, okay, one of the things that definitely fuel me as a writer mm-hmm. is my vulnerability. Right. Um, that ha- that for whatever reason ha- has become the place that uh, that I tap into, and and and, and the place in which. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just find it. I find it very easy to go there, and yeah. I find it very healing to go there. Yeah. Um, and so, what also ends up happening is, as 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 a, a sort of knock-on effect of that, is I'm going through life, putting myself in vulnerable situations. <laughs> That's amazing. You know what I mean? And that might. That's not necessarily. That that, that that's not necessarily a bad thing. But that's trusting of the universe. You understand. Yeah, because I do that too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, let's do, like how you said when you were, uh, you know, when you uh, were in Brazil and uh, somebody said, oh, let's, yeah. let's go do this. And you didn't have the, you didn't even have, you didn't have the information. No. You yeah, were like, yeah, yeah this, this yeah. is, I yeah. mean, what the universe is putting yeah. me towards. Yeah, going. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, no, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. And vulnerable. Yeah, so very. You just put it much more eloquently than I could, because I, I I agree with that. Oh, Gatsby. But thank you. Do you know what I? Even in my ayahuasca experience, I mm. had think, been thinking about it for years, mm. and it was one of those things. I've come to realize that, like, for I I I put it there into the universe. I speak it mm. first, I, mm. and my acknowledgement of what it is, I am asking for. Right. So, I really want to do ayahuasca. There's a call in there. Mm. I'm not going to try and make it happen. I'm not going to get on the goo. I'm not going to do yeah. it. I've, 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 I've said it. Yeah. So I'm going to now watch out. Yeah. I'm going to and need and I'm going to be, be, be able to recognize the vibration when it hits. Yeah. And I know. Oh. 
Yeah. That may be what I was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, I was once to ayahuasca for years, and um, I'm in uh, Brixton, in, 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 in a restaurant in Brixton, waiting for my friend, and I go out for smoke, and there's this lady walking towards me. And I just, I literally, you know, that feeling of that crystallization of, I need to speak to this woman. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to say, I have no, whatever. And I just walked up to her and said, hi. And as soon as I said hi, she just started speaking to me as though we've known each other for, for forever. Cool. So I'm like, you know what, I'm waiting for a friend. Do you want to come and eat? And she was like, I was thinking about actually coming to this restaurant because I'm staying in an Airbnb. I'm not right. from here, I'm from a different country. Right. And I Googled this place and this is where I was coming to. Cool. I was like, let's go eat. So we're chatting. In this conversation, she's like, yeah, and I did, uh, you know, I've been traveling Europe. She's from LA and I've been traveling Europe and I went to, I ended up going to Amsterdam and then somebody told me about The Hague or you could do ayahuasca. Yeah. And I did ayahuasca, like, a month ago. Cool. And I'm like, hey, lady, you know, I've been thinking about this for years. And right. do you know what? Just give me some more information. She's like, well, you know, it's just, it's just Amsterdam. And I'm like, so all this time, and now somebody's just come and said, it's actually just not that far. Yeah, so yeah. now, the plane, yeah. do you want it? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay. And she sent me the details. I went out there and did it. I stayed in the Airbnb. And you know when you're on Airbnb and you're looking and I saw this room and I saw this 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 it was white walls and and brown uh, uh wooden floors exactly the same way I decorate and pitch pitch colorful pictures on the walls and I was yeah. like that's the place I'm staying cool get there and she's like oh can I just like you know what are you, is it business is it pleasure I'm like I'm actually here to do ayahuasca right. she was like I've done it four times amazing and that's we cool. end up having this conversation and she's like you know don't be done. She's giving me advice and stuff like that. And I'm like, see, this is, you know, and even yeah. she was like, that's why you're here. That's yeah, why yeah. you're staying with me. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's a strange thing. I, I haven't really had this conversation with many people. I mean, it's like you know, this, this whole thing of being in the right place at the right time and the, and the, and the way that events actually conspire to create mm. that situation. Mm. And like, you know, you've, you've had that with like, you know what you said with the visualization of like getting the mercury price and then yeah. events conspire around that feeling. Do you know what? As well, people have t- people have told me when they've met me because a few, quite a few people have met me and been like, "Oh, I thought you was a dickhead." Um, it's a bit harsh. <laughs> you're actually pretty cool. Did you say these people are friends? <laughs> right. I mean, I like I I I tend to to, to to kind of like people that are going to tell me stuff like that. Right. Okay. Like I kind of like that. I don't mind like. I don't mind you telling me I didn't think I would like you, but I do. Right, right. right. I don't mind that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's not necessarily they use that word dickhead. That's yeah. that's a yeah, harsh yeah. word, but sure. you know, it's, it's they're saying dickhead. Um, and and the reason being is the same thing you mentioned when you said I saw you being asked, "Are you? Did you think you would win?" Or yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, "Yeah." Yeah. And a few people have said that. I saw that and thought, oh, she's a bit arrogant. And I didn't think you were arrogant. I but think, that's, uh, but yeah. why? Because I kind of think you had a sense of, um, first of all, it was a dignified thing to say, in that it's kind of like, first of all, when, when people ask that question, yeah. where they're coming from, they're yeah. coming from, um, they're coming from a, an angle... <laughs> That in a way is kind of to make you feel like you're not deserving. Yeah. And and my whole thing is that you were dignified mm-hmm. because you said actually I'm deserving of yeah. this. And I thought, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's really it's the right way to yeah. to deal with it. And actually, they started laughing nervously. Mm. And you put you put it back on them. Yay. I liked it because you you kind of turned the tables on them very quickly mm. with just that. Just mm. so yeah. It's like, well, now what are you can say? You know, it's a bit like that. I thought that's cool. So no, I didn't. I didn't think there was any arrogance to it at all. I thought it was just honest and straight. It, yeah, I appreciate that. I really do because I think as well, be it, 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 it's a British way of being like, oh no, no, I yeah, don't think. self-effacing. Yeah, just self-effacing falsely. Yeah, you know, like if you are going for something or if you're nominated for something, you clearly have belief in something. You know, you put passion into what you did. Yeah. And you believed in it, yeah. and that belief carried you through. It took you. We to work that. hard to get here, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And like I was saying to you, it was for me. It was the 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 the, the 
the, 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 the vision that I had seen. Yeah. So yeah. it was, as, it was, I mean, how much more? Um, but yeah, I just, you just gave it to me. I totally was going to get it. Yeah. Now I can see, uh, you know what I mean? There's yeah. no, they, you know. Did like you I, say that to them at the time that you'd seen this? I don't think I got the opportunity to. It was at that time, it was very much microphone phase. Fire five questions, microphone out face, someone else microphone face, fire yeah, five questions. Yeah, 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 so, and so, you yeah, know what I mean? And yeah. at that time as well, I wasn't in the state of balance that I am now, yeah. being able to, you know, now I'm at the point where if you ask me a question and, and, and I don't want to answer it, I just won't. Yeah. Literally, like, I'm not going to put myself out of my zone, yeah, you know what enough. I mean? And that took a while to get there. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying to you, I, I, when we were making the album, I had the vision. And it was, it was a very, it was so clear, you know, to the point of it, it being somewhat identical, even the podium that I was standing at at the Mercury Awards to what I saw. Yeah. And by the time I was nominated, I was like, oh, I've, well, I've, I've, it's happening then. No, absolutely. I think I think it's a it's a strange thing, the visualization thing. I kind of I think it's about energy. I mean, you know, there's a friend of mine, Cam, who's a you know what, scrap the name. I shouldn't say his name because he doesn't like me talking about it. This one go to a break. Okay, right. So there's a friend of mine. <laughs> and uh, and he's, um, he's, I think, fourth down black belt in Aikido. And he I deals a lot. I'm sorry, what did you say? He's a fourth down black belt in Aikido, which is a martial art form. Right. right he's, he deals with, it's the same thing Stephen Seagal does, but he deals with the healing energies a lot. Mm. Right, so, but he's also like a martial artist. So, I was in cargo one time, I was, I was DJing there, and um, and I was standing next to the stage, and every time I saw Cam, I'd always say to him, uh, go and show us something, because he always had some crazy trick he could do, like he'd, he'd change his body weight, and you'd pick him up, and he'd be light as a feather, next moment you'd try to pick him up, and he'd be standing in the middle of the floor, not holding anything, and you couldn't budge him, crazy. Jeez. So then, so yeah, exactly. So he turned around to me, he goes, punch me in the face, I said, what? He goes, punch me in the face. I said, no, it's not going to happen. He goes, honestly, it's all right. I said, um, mate, I, I'm a, I do kickboxing. I've done it for a long time, so I can punch pretty hard. He goes, um, he goes, it's okay, no problem. He said, punch me in the face. In fact, I'm going to offer you my head. Here's my head. And he pushes it right in front of me. He goes, I want you to punch me as hard as you can. Commit to it. Promise me you'll commit to it. Don't back out. I went, okay, you serious? He goes, yeah. He said, don't worry, I'll do it, do it a lot. I, I know what I'm doing. So I said, okay, this is freaking me out. So he said, don't worry, commit to it. Here's my head. He goes, go for it. So I went, okay. So I, do, see, I said, you're not going to break my arm. He said, no, no, I'm not. So I go, he goes, I won't even touch you. This is what happens. His head's here. I do this. Oh. Right, I said, what did you just do? Yeah. And he goes, I redirected your will. I said, this is absolute bullshit. He goes, right, so so when people don't believe me about this, I've got a whole dialogue photograph I have of us talking about it on WhatsApp where I didn't believe it had happened. Because I said, I said, because I, 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 late, years later I even said to him, what was that all about? Right? And he blowing my mind, my cranium, man. But it's like this whole idea that you can actually redirect someone's will yes. with your mind. But that's a powerful thing, isn't it? But then how do we do that in a sort of everyday version? I'm sure we do. Do you know what I mean? Could we sure... use it for bad or good? Yeah. I mean, like I think Trump has done that. I think he redirected everyone's will. You know, I think certain people Why do, you say do that? it. In a, because, because he is a very strong, strong will. And the reason he's that strong is because he's narcissistic. Because <laughs> he has a huge ego. And what happens is that people are drawn... Yeah, I think he is. Mm. I think he is. Mm. I agree with that. I don't think he's got any emotional connection with anything. He doesn't have empathy. He doesn't mm. care about people. You can see, mm. he'll say whatever he needs to, to mm. get more power. Mm. And that's what I mean. When I met Nelson Mandela, that whole thing, I realised that's not a politician, that's a human being. You know. T tell me that again. Well, with Nelson Mandela, he was he was like, and it was incredible meeting him in his house and, and actually chatting to him because who gets to do that? But I mean, you know, I'm talking to his house was in Johannesburg. Okay. So it's like, and, and I'd finished the last page of um, Long Walk to Freedom where he says, we're free to be free at the end. And I walked into his house and he's standing in front of me. And it's crazy because it's like, he used to be a boxer as well as a lawyer when he was younger. And he had a real power to, to, to him as a figure. And I remember kind of like, he, he was one of those people who again, could 
could direct your will wherever he wanted. Right. But but he he did it in a benign way and he was gentle and he he knew his power as a person. But he was So is he then is he instead of well yeah, directing your will, but is he is he in some way helping you bring your will out? Yeah, I think he cares. I've said that in a way. No, no, I think you have because actually he's empathic. He's yes. like you know, he's interested in you and what you have to say and how you think mm. and he's he draws you out of yourself mm. and, and so I had a very good conversation with him. But I met many narcissists and, and I've seen, you know, and quite often you, you see politicians and you know where they're coming from. It's about power and it's about it's not about justice. Nelson Mandela fought for justice, not power. Mm. You know, most politicians want to consolidate their power. Mm. So because of that, they don't care about how they do it or what they have to say to do it. You see this with Trump. I mean, he goes back on everything he said two seconds later and then says it again. Yeah, that's classic sociopathy. Yeah. 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 Like, he'll say whatever yeah. he needs to. Oh, just a brazen lie and then yeah. just like, well, I mean, I just don't even care. Wasn't yeah, that? and then pretend he hasn't said yeah, it. Yeah. Five seconds later. And I've yeah. seen this in people I've, I've met. And it's it's weird because you can't, how do you deal with that? You yeah. know, unless you constantly call them out yeah. as a liar. You and then that gets, of it. Yeah. And everyone else gets too tired. So what has he brought out in the in people? He's brought out he's brought out their worst qualities. Mm. I think he's brought out a sense of selfishness. Mm. He's brought out fear and hate. Mm. And he's brought out this kind of atmosphere in America where they accept the unacceptable, mm. where they tolerate things that cannot be tolerated, you know, misogyny. Yeah, but when has when, when has America learned? I mean, is that not America? Is it not the world? Oh, yeah. I mean unfortunately, you know, like Farage was was the instigator yeah. of that here. I mean, Trump, you know, you've got Marine Le Pen in France, you've got yeah. Pauline Hanson in Australia, you've got, you know, um, Frame, I can't remember the date, but, <coughs> but, you know, you've got all these different people around the world who kind of exploit that dark side of human nature. And that's why I think sometimes you look at Star Wars and you think of those simple kind of, you know, science fiction kind of archetypes of kind of Darth Vader and and Yoda, and you think, actually, you know what? Yeah. I kind of get that. Yeah. Because... I know a couple of people that smoked a good amount of weed and been like, no, I watched Star Wars and I saw life. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is like that. And I, I think, you know, that's why I think music is actually... Music and creativity, generally, it, it allows us an escape from, from those people who try to redirect our will yeah. for their own purposes. Yeah. Music is escapism. Yeah, it's escapism, but also, for me, in a way, it's the ultimate reality, too. Yeah. Like, you know... It, Escaping to reality. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I kind of think that because when I'm riffing on something or playing with something, or like you said, when you're open to something, you're finding the words and you're just in a flow, that's when I think you're living. Yeah. You're in the present. Yeah. You know, and it's only the present that is actually, you know... I feel it's literally a chemical reaction that's happening. It's like I'm I'm vibrating at my sort of highest frequency. Mm. Um, I get the same feeling when I'm with my goddaughter. All right, that's cool. I mean? That's the, a great thing. Yeah, that kind of time is standing still. It's the same thing, and do you know what I mean? Like I'm through perhaps her, the purity of her soul. Yeah, is 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 will. Yeah. It's bringing out that will in me. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, I've got three uh, godchildren myself. I mean, I think also, you know, kind of like pure nature is yeah. is a is a huge thing, isn't it? Yeah. When someone has an innocence about them or is a, is kind of like open, you can't really see it and you can respond to it. You know. So what can, what, what what is there a role for a, a musician or artist in 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 our now Trump? Yeah, yeah. I think the role is to actually get artists to come together and to, to be creative and to celebrate uh, the beauty of, of the world, you know. And, and I think to directly address Trump musically, I think, is the wrong thing. Because actually, that Absolutely. empowers him. Exactly. And it gives him too much that's energy. Yeah, and I think you're because he feeds on negative as well as positive energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, take attention away. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm absolutely agree. I feel exactly the same way. I was. Uh, well, I've been having a lot of conversations recently. Although it's different with Twitter. 
because I still have to I still have to say stuff on Twitter <laughs> but but with music I don't music I just see it's that but yeah God, sorry I interrupted you that's alright um, recently I've really been like since this hashtag Black Girl Magic came about no. it like my favourite hashtag ever it's it's so empowering and it's so an example of yeah this is exactly what I want to focus my energy on I want to focus my energy on my black girl magic and spread it all around. Brilliant. That's nice. <laughs> yes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I can't, I, I've, oh man, in terms of my, my, my second album was a whole album. I had an album on like, I had a, a track on there talking about like peak oil and do you know what I mean? Oh, I was, yeah. And you know, I've been at many marches and many meetings and yeah. things like that. And I don't regret any of it, but there's this, you know, I've, 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 it's a new version of me now where I really feel like what I'm, what I'm going to be, how I'm going to best serve is by directing the energy into the things I see beauty in. Yeah. Can't argue with that at all. It's perfect. Mm. It's a great thing. I mean, I mean, beauty is... I mean, that's an interesting concept. What is beauty? Because there's, <laughs> there's a there's a whole uh, poem. Um, uh, I think it ends from Keats that says, uh, "Beauty is truth, and truth is beauty, and that's all you know yeah. and all you need to know." But then, isn't truth sort of? Um, there's a lot of different versions of that. Like, but that's my point because yeah. beauty is actually a subjective concept. Yeah. So it takes into account all of that. Yeah. So in a way, I mean, it's also. Well, I mean, what, your own truth, but then that's if you are actually telling the truth, because we can be dishonest with ourselves often. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think it's like uh, I think that's what I love about creativity because you find you find a revelation every time you create something, and like in that discovery because it is discovery because it's cathartic as well, but it's discovery as well. And because you're discovering something, you're learning something and enhancing your own spirit. So every time you create, you're definitely adding something to your to your self. Right. I think. Or even uncovering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, I've really enjoyed speaking to you. Hmm. Yeah, so do you. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I don't know if anyone's gonna want them making any of that. I think true. we might. I'm, I think we might just like throw caution to the wind with this episode and just run the whole thing. <laughs> Honestly, I think we just run the whole thing. Yeah, I'm fine Because um, there's, there's a whole lot of parts in there that I just don't want to edit out. So, cool. do you know? Um, and uh, usually all we do is just edit out uh, the, 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 the eating. Yeah, for, right, for, right. For, for the reasons I said. It doesn't yeah. necessarily sound that great. But you're going to have to deal with it, people, because I want to share this whole conversation. Cool. That's nice. And But, I mean, uh, sorry about my voice as well, though, because it's like, it's been going through the wars with this stupid um, man flu, probably. <laughs> Uh, you got to heal. You got to get some, uh, uh, some, some, some herbs in you and stuff. And yeah, some, definitely. Some green juices. Well, all this helps. And prosecco, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. I feel like I'm living up. But anyway, thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate that. I'll give you a handshake. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you're more than welcome. Thank cool. you very much. That's, that's the word brunch. Cool. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 